So, yeah, I agree. And, and so in, in summarizing what we've just talked about, then ultimately the mask of masculinity is, is really identifying who you are, what it is that you need in your life, regardless of your external environment, especially if it's negative, embracing the positive environment that's around you and attracting the people that will have a positive influence in your life and defining yourself in that way, not based on labels or gender. Um, be that fluffy marshmallow champ with with your little dog and, and just be a good human. Ultimately, that's what it is. Um, and don't hide behind a mask. You don't need to hide who you are. Uh, you weren't born hidden and, you know, you don't need to be hidden. So just be proud of who you are and just love yourself and love those around you. Okay, welcome to the second part of my long form podcast with my friend Victor. Uh, now we're going to move into a discussion on the mask of masculinity. If you haven't listened to or watched the first part of this podcast, you can check it out on all the major podcast platforms. If you're using Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to leave a review. Uh, and also leave a five-star rating if you really enjoyed it. Uh, that'll help us clock the algorithm. Uh, but this second part is more moving into the mask of masculinity, kind of this idea that men can only be stoic and strong and masculine, and they can't express the uh, classically viewed feminine sides of themselves. Uh, so dive into this conversation with us. And as always, you can contact either Vic or myself in the show notes below. You will find our handles for our Instagrams and any other relevant information from the podcast. Awesome. So for anyone watching this on YouTube, you get to see the full show uninterrupted, but anyone listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to your podcast, this is part two of a discussion uh, with my friend Victor. And in the first part, we talked about detoxifying masculinity, and now we're going to move on to the mask of masculinity. But before I ask you, Vic, uh, to explain what you mean by the mask of masculinity, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pounce you with uh, your poem. I was hoping you could share it with me. I know I said at the end of it, but I thought I'd, I'd kind of throw a curveball and see if you'd be willing to share a bit of poetry with us. Because I think it might give a little bit of context into how you came to wanting to discuss this topic and share it with other men. Sure. Um, okay. So, well, I think I should preface this with the fact that the poem is... Uh, about masculinity and how men interact with women in my opinion and how that affects my interactions with women because of the way men have interacted with them in the past um, so the poem is called the gentle man <clears throat> here it goes born a boy with mere dimples of playful joy i learned to walk this plane yet the faster i run the closer i get to fear and pain I learnt to love and touch with pure emotive passion, yet all I leave behind is an infernal path of destruction. So I journey in myself asking, what can I provide for their battered, tired and bleeding souls pushed carelessly aside? 
where deep cries haunt their dreams caused by arcane disconnection and emotions melt like ice cream, their lovers in silent introspection. Boys taught to run from pain, to be fearless and strong and to face the rain. Strength it is, my brothers, or fear we won't belong. It's profoundly wrong. If I show but a moment of emotion, their beaten souls, starved of love, take it as potential eternal devotion. But far be I the perfect gentleman, yet her heart entwines in webs of allure as we share the finest of wines in my French velour. We caress as the night deepens and she floors her silk dress. And so my heart wails, I cannot be that gentle man, but for my comrades, epic fails. They strung their hearts along. Now emotions land in places they don't belong. I'll always be that gentle man until my brothers recognize women for their strength and pure resolve. So relationships flourish and together we might evolve. Mm. It's powerful, dude. It's powerful. Thanks, and I've had the privilege of hearing it twice now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks for sharing. And I guess two questions straight away with that poem is the first one is, is it going to be available for other people to read it? especially listeners who might be interested in poetry. And second question is, what does that poem mean to you? Um, so I'll start with the second question, if that's okay. Go for it. Um, <clears throat> well, the poem for me is I, being a, um, a 30 year old single male, I, um, I've always struggled with with relationships and I've always wondered why um, <clears throat> it seems that every time I meet someone it's so hard for me to devote myself to them immediately because I don't know them so you try and be a gentle man and be kind and understanding and speak of your emotions and ultimately just be gentle um, and because I feel a lot of women have been starved of love uh, and have been starved of these genuine connections with men where they speak of emotions. A lot of them mistaken my gentleness for eternal devotion, which is what I say in the poem. Um, it, it just means that I, I want to just be a good bloke. It doesn't mean that I want to be in an, in a long lasting relationship with you. I don't know that just yet. So it almost feels like you, you either have to be a complete asshole in order for women to have this kind of disconnectedness with you and not fall in love with you. And if you're not a complete asshole and you're a gentle man, then potentially women will fall in love with the idea of you and you're left with this guilt if you can't reciprocate that love. Um, so I'm calling on all my fellow men to just be gentle men. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, cool. Um, and, and I guess uh, to ask your first question, um, it, I got asked by someone who I, I um, presented this poem to, to submit it to the Australian Literary Poets Prize, which I have. Um, so I'll find out how I went uh, in January. Um, but I can definitely make it available uh, 
I'll post it up on my Instagram uh, if people are interested in reading it. And I have other poems that I've written. Never shared any of them in the past. This is my first public sharing of of any of my poetry, but I'm glad that you enjoyed it, and I hope others do as well. Yeah, congrats, man. And yeah, I'll, I'll link uh, I'll link your Instagram in the show notes so that people can follow. And if if you're into poetry, uh, whether you're male or female. Um, you can go follow Vic there. It'll be linked in the show notes. Um, cool, man. Well, yeah, thanks again for sharing that. I think that poem is incredible and it touches on some pretty deep ideas. Um, and I guess it kind of highlights, um, it kind of highlights how there's kind of the shift culturally at the moment from being, from being like oppressive as males to being inclusive. Right. But, being inclusive in a way where we can still be men, but we can also be kind and caring as well to women. Uh, and women don't have to feel that if you're being kind and caring, that you might only want one thing or, or that means that there needs to be a connection there. Um, that it's okay for us to just be kind and caring to each other, regardless of whether we're sexually attracted or emotionally attracted to someone um, that, in my opinion, that's kind of the egalitarian, uh, the way the egalitarian movement should be going, right? Not to say that, you know, if you're a man, you should be more like a woman. It's just to identify the good in each of us and just treat people kindly and with care and compassion, regardless of whether they're male or female. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> so I've got a question for you then to kick it off and to t- kind of tie it to this, the second part of the discussion, which is the mask of masculinity. So what does, what does that actually mean? Cause there might be people listening and thinking, what the hell does it mean to be wearing a mask of masculinity? So do you want to kind of describe what that means to you? Sure. Um, okay. So I think masculinity is one thing, you know, we've just discussed it for an hour and a half. Um, but then hiding behind the mask of it is another thing. And, and I guess what we mean, well, what I mean by that is um, there are big, 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 large, furry men out there who have the softest of marshmallowy hearts, you know. And, <laughs> and it, it only just takes the one little button pressed the correct way for them to just, you know, their eyes just pop and then all of a sudden they're just marshmallow. And and I guess that's what it means to me is that you don't have to hide behind this mask. Even if you're covered in tattoos head to toe and you're huge from going to the gym and you drive a truck, you know, and I, it doesn't mean truck drivers are all this way. I'm just kind of using this as an example. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to be this tough as nails person you could like there you could just be a big kind gentle bear you know you don't and even if you have that image of you you if even if you are covered in tattoos and as we know it's very hard to get rid of tattoos it's okay it's okay you made decisions in your life to get tattoos that's fine that was relative to a period of time and it goes back to what we talked about in the last podcast you have made decisions in your life. They don't have to define you forever. And just mm. because you have this physical appearance, it doesn't mean that you need to stand by it in your attitude and your beliefs. You mm. can still be covered in tattoos and just be a, an absolute gentleman. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a really cool example that ties perfectly into that, actually. Yesterday, I was walking back from the shops. Obviously, mask was on. Uh, hashtag COVID-19 living in Victoria life. Uh, but I came across this dude, huge dude, like you say, big, covered in tattoos, jacked up, looked like a manly man. And he had this leash leading to this tiny, cute little puppy. And this puppy just wasn't listening to him. It was freaked out. You know, it's like barely born. And he's crouching down and it's kind of sniffing at this person's legs. And this person kind of gets a bit of a fright and looks at the man. And the first reaction is this, whoa, this guy's huge. But he looks at them and smiles and says, oh, don't worry. It's just a little puppy. He's scared. And then he starts talking to the puppy. And I was like, that is so cool, man. That is so cool. And it's, it's what you highlight, right? Like this idea that we always have to have this mask of masculinity on. And I guess along the lines of what we were talking about previously is, of course, like there's times when being masculine and being the one in charge and, and, taking on the burdens of stress is applicable, right? Like there's times when it's good to be confident and show that energy, but you don't always need to be that like that, right? Like you can show that kind of cute, fluffy marshmallow inside <laughs> that you kind of alluded to before. But I guess, I guess that kind of leads me to, to ask, like, do you think, do you think that there's like this expectation that men either have to be, cute and fluffy and kind and feminine and not be this like powerful masculine energized person that uh, is often uh, you know quite a good thing to have in eroticism for example right like when you're having sex with someone like it is good to show that kind of masculine energy but do you think there's kind of this idea that you either can be feminine and a great partner or you are masculine and you're kind of like you can't talk about your feelings where do you think this expectation comes from that you can't be both? Ah, that is a very good question. And uh, I haven't really actually thought about this in the way that you put it. Um, so that I'm, I'm quite stumped at the moment, but I will say this. Um, I think the idea of being this really strong man in this intense masculine energy during uh, sexual intercourse is good sometimes uh, because excuse my French but sometimes you fuck and sometimes you make love yeah and I think those two things are very important to differentiate um, in a relationship or, or otherwise um, I mean I've even found myself making love to uh, someone that I haven't been in a relationship with you know and and it is just about gauging the energy and and what kind of what kind of environment you're in and how you're feeling that's ultimately what it is and i guess that gauging the energy is what it comes down to ultimately um uh, you know there are moments in your relationship where you're going to have to be this kind and gentle and understanding approachable person so that you create a safe space for your partner mm. to um, talk to you about whatever it is that they need to talk about um, and then there are moments where you're going to need to be this rugged man that stands there in the middle of the doorway while someone's trying to hurt, you know, your partner or your kids or whatever. Or um, Sometimes you're going to need to be that man that um, puts up a, pitches a tent because you know how to do it. And yeah, you get a sense of self-satisfaction after you've built the fire on a camping trip. 
Um, but at the same time, it's not emasculating if you don't know how to build a fire because at some point, every man who knows how to build a fire has had to learn how to build that fire. <laughs> so then, like in everything, you need to allow yourself to be a child and a student at mo- in during moments and not feel like you're inadequate or inadequately equipped to be a man in a relationship because there are certain things that you don't know and that you still need to learn about. Mm, mm. Yeah, I 100% agree with that, man. And, and that comes down to um, embracing the feminine side of you as well, right? Like it is okay to, to reach out uh, and say, hey, like I really don't know how to be emotional or share my emotions, but I want to. Like I want to learn how to. Um, same thing with building a fire, the, the building a fire example that you used before. Um, and um, just to be a little bit of masculine here, I do know how to build a fire if anyone wants to know. Uh, just put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> but this is not a fire building podcast. Um, yeah, man, I, I guess tying it back to expectations as well. I think from my point of view, a lot of these expectations come with um, the people we associate ourselves with as well. Right. Like uh, I find for some people, if they just associate with people with the point of view that men have to be um, just manly and masculine all the time then that's probably going to be the person that they're going to turn out to be whereas if you're someone who decides to associate with people that celebrate you know both your masculine side of things you know like you might be into your sports and you might be into fighting like boxing or jujitsu not actually going out and just punching people on the street do not approve that um they celebrate that side of you, but then they also celebrate the side of you that is, you know, more fluffy and marshmallow on the inside and is covered in tattoos, but loves to hang out with this little puppy on the street and look at it all cutely, you know, and give it little pats. Um, so I think a lot of it come, if you're going to surround yourself with people who expect you to just be manly and masculine all the time, then chances are you're going to be that person. And unfortunately it's kind of sad because you might not discover a whole another side of yourself that, is someone who's super into gardening, for example, or plants, or, you know, going out and getting into drama and learning how to become an actor or getting into poetry or writing or um, reading or, you know, doing ballet, like, you know, going and dancing. I remember when I, when I was in Brazil and I learned how to dance for and I remember feeling really quite, odd and embarrassed about it because in the society I'm living in currently in Melbourne, like the people I hang out with that are men tend to not celebrate, you know, going out and learning how to dance salsa or foho. And I realized at that point, I was like, man, I need to hang out with more people that celebrate this kind of feminine aspect of me as well. What do you think about that? Oh my God. I agree. But I also think, you know, that's a cultural thing. Um, mm. So then we're not necessarily, it's okay. So then we're talking, you, what you just said is that, okay, the dancing is a feminine activity and maybe you didn't mean it exactly that way, but okay. Culturally, maybe in Australia, dancing is a feminine activity. Uh, but culturally, certainly in, in this Latin American countries, uh, dancing is certainly not a gender specific activity. And, it is actually just an activity like brushing your teeth that every South American knows how to do. Mm. Uh, and I'm very jealous of that because the way that they move their body to that rhythm, it's incredible. And I, I recall I was at a wedding for my best friend, Jaime, 
he's from Colombia and his <clears throat> his parents came to the wedding. We were in France in in uh, Aix-les-Bains, which is where they make chartreuse. And they had this wedding there. And, um, and I remember his parents had been together forever. And when they were dancing, it was just so incredible to see them move together to the beat. And it just so fluid, like they they've just known each other for so long and they know each other's movements and it's just, it's second nature. And it, and it is something that I absolutely would love to get into. Um, and, but I think there is a certain natural ability to it as well. Like if you just really enjoy music, first of all, secondly, if you, if you just feel like completely comfortable, like you always dance better at home by yourself, listening to music than it, you will when you're out in front of other people for mm. sure because you're always it's like if you shoot an arrow to a target you'll always hit the target in the center you're more likely to hit the target in the center if there's no one around than if there's you're in a competition and there's 100 people watching you same situation same target same arrow um so it is about overcoming that discomfort um and and you know just being okay with doing this activity and I, I imagine being in Brazil you would have felt a little bit uncomfortable at the start but then when you realize that actually it's just a thing it's a way of life in Brazil to samba and to what did you call it forho forho yeah forho then it is just a way of life that people just it is like and it is it, it's a a feel-good thing like it like exercise it actually is exercise and it and it creates this serotonin in your brain that's why people do it i mean if you isolate dancing on its own sorry there's a b and i'm <laughs> it's all next jeez it's springtime yeah yeah it's springtime hello b um you can just go back out the way you can thank you um <laughs> yeah if you if i think if you just um embrace that and and you wouldn't feel uncomfortable over there in an environment where everybody else embraces it but you might in an environment where it's like you say, more of a feminine activity to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you touched on something really important there. And I totally agree with you is we have this weird uh, need, regardless of what society is society. It is that you're living in to, to label everything and to say, you know, if you're doing this, you are this person. And if you're doing that, you're this person. It's like, well, hold on a minute. Why can't I be doing that and be doing this and be both of these people, but simultaneously just be myself? You know, like there's this weird need for people to fit into certain labels and certain categories. And I think this has only unfortunately been enhanced by the massive growth of social media and the internet to a point where it's like people are actually yelling at each other and physically harming each other because they don't agree with a certain label that someone else fits into. And that's a really sad aspect of this, this kind of growing mentality that you need to fit into a certain label. How do you think we kind of overcome that as a society and I guess more specifically as individuals, as men? Oh, this, this labeling problem is something that has been around for many, 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 many centuries. And, um, and overcoming that, unfortunately, is not something that we will see in our lifetimes. As much as I'd love to think it is, um, I mean, as long as we have delineations between countries, 
we will never get rid of the label. It's our it's our understanding of how to it's it's how to rationalize everything. It's mm. currencies are different, foods different, you know, genders different. This we can't really get rid of that. Um, but going back to the point of you know these certain activities being labeled as male or female or or um you know there's there 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 are norms about you know uh they say african-american people can run faster or are better at certain sports more athletic or uh have uh (laughs) larger appendages you know than others you know these are all these these labels and norms that we've kind of created over time and for I think it it does just matter on the context in which you use these in. For example, um, you know, my father was a chef and and so I grew up in a family that cooks a lot. And and so being in the natural environment and picking our own food, berries, et cetera, foraging for mushrooms, something I grew up around. Um now my ability to cook and and you know, perhaps at some point in time not so not so uh far away there there was this idea that cooking is for women you know mm. is that it is something that's restricted to the woman that stays at home and that still exists today in a lot less than before um but certainly if i was to go to the const- in the construction industry where where i've worked in the past and see some of the men that are there um, if I told them that I'd cooked this, um, I don't know, uh, mushroom risotto or whatever, they would just kind of laugh at you and say, well, you know, my missus does the cooking. Whereas if I was go, if I was to go to a, the hospitality industry and explain to them all the different elements that I've used in this dish, I would gain a lot of respect out of them. Mm. So it is just a contextual thing. And like we say with dancing, it's, it's an ethnic it's in an ethnic context where something is more accepted in one environment than another. Mm. Um, so it is just about, I guess, embracing culture and, uh, and uh, in Australia, because we are quite a new country. And although we say we are a multicultural country and diversified in, in the ethnicities that are here, uh, perhaps it's because we're a very large country. We're the new one. We're the newest country in the world, and we we have the ability to accommodate a lot of people, which brings in a lot of money. And so then we use this label that we're actually diversified ethnic ethnically, but the 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 social ideals and the morals behind like truly Australian people having grown up in far north Queensland, I think, are far removed from being ethic ethnically diverse mm, mm, mm. yeah so i guess yeah labeling is is a hard one right and i tend to agree with you we're, we're never going to stop labeling to some degree it's in human nature right to be um to a certain extent bias and to be to a certain extent prejudice it's it's in our nature and anyone who sits there and says you know they don't label certain people or they're not prejudiced in certain ways quite frankly lying and that's that's a form of ignorance to acknowledge that maybe you're wrong in a situation you need to be okay to admit that you have biases and you have certain ignorances and you have certain prejudice um but yeah to to bring it back to to masculinity it's in terms of labeling uh, like 
as an individual, I think that's the kind of the way that you can direct your focus, right? Because it is easy to get caught up like we did just then in this this bigger picture of we label these people in this category and if you're doing these kind of activity activities in Australia, then we would label you as such and vice versa. But I think it's easier to just focus on the individual, right? So for me, it comes down to this idea of becoming aware of yourself and becoming completely in love with every aspect of who you are as a man, which includes the feminine qualities that you might have, right? So like for me, for example, you know, I really embrace the masculine attributes of myself, which is I love going to the gym. I love fitness. I love getting up early and working towards the things that I love. Um, I love having a bit of a laugh with the boys, you know, joking about things that men joke about and, you know, like farting around the campfire or like burping around the campfire, like all that kind of classically male behavior. But then like, I also embrace my feminine sides, you know, like I like doing yoga. I like having conversations with my good female friends about emotional intelligence. I like to cry when I watch emotional movies. Um, so I guess, for men that might be listening to this podcast right now or, or watching on YouTube, from your point of view, how do you get past the self-identifying and the self-labeling and fitting into one box? Like how, how can you as an individual discover all the little different boxes that, that you can be a part of and more broadly embrace your femininity? Oh, Jacques, this is such a loaded question because I can't actually, <laughs> I can't actually say that these activities that we've just listed are, like we say, are male or female activities. You know, there are just as many women that like to go to the gym as male, and I guarantee you, there are just as many women that fart as males. So <laughs> it's not just we can't really label them this way. Um, uh, but if you do want to diversify. Um, I think ultimately you, you need to find a certain um, confidence in, 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 in defining yourself internally rather than defining yourself um, based on your external environment. Mm. And if you do that, if you define yourself internally, then you know, then you know, deeply how you feel and you're able to guide yourself from that um if like, i i know i'm as stiff as a board if I, I run 5ks every day if i don't stretch at the end of the day i am literally a stone like i, I cannot <laughs> move when i get up in the morning to go to work um so then by virtue of that then yoga is good for me regardless of what it's classically known as, whether it's, you know, female dominated uh, exercise or male dominated, I think you need to just define yourself within and find your footing based on what it is that you need in your life. Uh, you know, having been a single male for so long, um, cooking is something that I needed to do. Mm. I cannot just eat out all the time. So you kind of push yourself into a way where you, you have to cook. And if that means going out and doing a cooking class, you know, take your gender glasses off. It doesn't matter how many men, that, because there are probably more likely to be men in cooking classes than women, you know, <laughs> unfortunately. But that's the reality of it. 
because a lot of men grow up not knowing how to cook because a lot of men don't think they need to know how to cook. Mm. You know, I grew up in a household with a mother and two younger sisters and mum would teach my sisters how to cook. And, but we, we would be outside picking up palm leaves and digging holes in the garden with dad, you know? Mm. Mm. So, but then there comes a point where, you know, if my sister goes and owns a house with lots of palm trees, she's going to need to know how to do those things. And if I live in a house with no palm trees, I'm going to need to know how to cook. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I think at some point you need to just find out what it is that's good for you, regardless of gender um, labels, etc., and and just define those activities based on what you need ultimately. Mm, mm. Yeah, so I guess let me let me kind of unpack what you're saying. To break down this idea that we need to fit into any specific stereotype, in this case we're talking about this uh, quote-unquote mask of, of masculinity, but it could be, for anyone listening, it could be whatever stereotype you seem to think you need to fit into. You don't actually need to fit into any stereotype. What you need to do is figure out exactly what it is that's good for you, what it is that you want out of your life, because at the end of the day, guess what? You're going to die with one person and it's yourself. And if you don't do the things that you want to do as that individual, as that ego of yourself and become the person that you want to become, there's no one else that's going to be accountable when you're lying there on your last, on your last legs. You know, like you, you've got to take responsibility for who it is you want to be. You know, if you want to be that man who plays rugby on the weekends, but then goes and dances foho with a beautiful Latina woman, uh, or a beautiful Latina man on the weekdays, you be that fucking person. Like no one else is responsible for that for you. So I think to bring it back to this idea of removing the mask of masculinity, remove the mask of worrying about what everyone else thinks of you. Start worrying about what you think of yourself. Like, are you living up to being the person that you want to be every single day? And if the answer is no, why? Like what's stopping you? Is it other people's expectations? Exactly. Why? They're not going to have any sort of impact on your happiness. That's your choice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, uh, I remember when I unpacked my lunch at the construction site recently and I had some chana masala and some roti bread, you know, which is a, <clears throat> a type of curry, if you will. And then just a, a comment about, um, you know, my lunch being a packy lunch and, um, and uh, and just some laughter by the other guys, and and in my head I said a packy lunch. What is what is a packy lunch? And uh, and he he's, I said what does this packy even mean? And I knew what it meant. I know that it was a racist term. Mm. And uh, and he said, well, you know, it's, in, it's just Indians. And I was like, oh, I thought it might have been Pakistanis, just to correct him on his derogatory racism to kind of embarrass him. Like if you, you know, you, you're trying to be racist, but you're not even correct in your racism, first of all. And secondly, what does it matter what I eat? You know, and I didn't go further into it, but what I need is to eat healthy. And, you know, he literally pulled out for his lunch, a frozen container that said bloke size Palmer on it. I couldn't believe it. I chuckled in with like internally looking at this and he microwaved it, had some peas, carrots, 
and this bloke size huge palmer and that's what he ate and almost every day that i come to work that's what i see uh him eating that now this person is you know in their 50s and they smoke probably a packet of cigarettes a day and this is what they're eating every day well there's no wonder why we see such a high rate of cancer in the world you know and i'm sorry because I've lost a friend to cancer recently, but if men are looking after themselves this way, um, because you know they feel like this is what they need to eat, because this is what the men eat on the work site, you know, a frozen lasagna or a bloke-sized Palmer, then they're probably going to be internal digestive issues ultimately. And then if you're smoking a packet of cigarettes a day, on top of that, that's going to lead to more health issues. Whereas what I need is to be healthy. So I choose to continuously bring my lunch. And if it's a healthy lunch, it doesn't matter what other people think of me. So I'm not defining myself based on that external environment I was in. I'm just defining myself based on what I want to feel in 20 years time. I don't want to feel like shit and be unhealthy in a hospital bed. I want to be up and about, you know? Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, and I suppose if more people are able to do that and think for themselves and not worry so much that someone might be giggling at what it is they're eating or they might be giggling at the fact that they decide to journal or meditate or do yoga, then those kind of people, if they're spending less time and attention on, you know, using that energy, their energy to to kind of see, to be negative to others and to judge others, they might actually have a little bit of energy left over to think, hold on, like, man, I do feel like really shit and I am really unlimber and I can't really touch my toes and I feel terrible all the time because I'm eating a terrible diet. You know, d- direct your energy towards yourself and stop worrying that everyone might look at you as less masculine or less manly or less whoever you are just because of what you're putting in your stomach or what it is you do on your weekends. Like, focus your energy on yourself. Yeah, what other people think of you is none of your business. Exactly. And what you think of other people is none of none of your business either. Well, none of their business. <laughs> you don't need to be going, hey, I think it's you know super girly or, or weird that you're eating a packed lunch with healthy food in it. Like, what, what the fuck? How does that have any relevance to your life, you judging that person? Yeah. Like, none. Yeah. And it's not going to make you feel any better. In fact especially if that person has a reaction like, well, cool, I'm going to feel it, be feeling healthy in 20 years. How about you? It's probably going to make you feel a shitload worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so this is, you know, digressing back to picking the, the people that you allow to influence you. And like we said, mentors, picking those people in your life that you allow to be receptive of their information and their influence in your life. That's really going to shape the kind of person that you are and the environment that you find yourself in. hundred mm, percent. Mm, well, I got, I got one more kind of deep dive question before we dive into the foreign one. Uh, so the, this question is kind of around emotional intelligence. How important do you think emotional intelligence, intelligence is to this topic more broadly of, I guess, self-awareness really or, or or not worrying so much about what other people think of you as a man and how would you say people can go about developing it maybe three or four things they could start doing today to start developing their emotional intelligence uh well emotional intelligence is is extremely important um in all aspects of your life i think it it governs the way that you interact with your environment 
and it and it ultimately decides what you get out of your environment um, so just like physical physiological fitness you need to work on um, you need to work on all aspects of yourself intangible and tangible but, but what i mean by the two is tangible the ones that you see and feel your legs your arms they're all around you so it's easy to see these things and go oh my arm really doesn't feel very strong when i was lifting something at work i need to work on that but how do you tell how emotionally fit you are that is that's the hard thing and i think the first thing to do uh, with that is really be self-aware and and you really need to be at this kind of vibrational level that's an equilibrium in order to to be self-aware you it, because you're always around constant chatter you're always on social media you're watching a movie you're talking to your friends sometimes you drink alcohol you do some drugs you do this you're on the phone you blah 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 so you just your your energy is kind of just always up and down up and down up and down and so when you get to this flat bit that's where you're really in this self-awareness space where you really kind of feel all the things you feel you need to work on you maybe weaker at and subconsciously what we do is we attract people in our lives where we feel that we're weak we, we we there are things we need to work on and so we find attraction to others male female dogs cats butterflies whatever <laughs> to those people who have qualities which we feel we lack because what we do then is we learn through observation the way that they interact with the world and try to understand how they interact with the world and and how they promote that emotion that you feel that you might be lacking in and that's a good first step by attracting those kind of people and mentors in your life that you respect and that have those emotional intelligence quotients that you feel like you're missing. Like I, let's say that for what's a good example. Let's say you're, um, <clears throat> let's say you are a jealous person. Okay. So that, let's say you're jealous in a relationship and what does jealousy do? Nothing good. No one ever felt good uh, experiencing any feelings of jealousy. And what is jealousy? ultimately come from it comes from the fear of losing someone your jealous in a relationship comes from the fear of losing someone so then we need to find a place where we're so comfortable with our relationship that we just completely show love to this person so much that they're so comfortable that you trust them there is not a thing that they can do that will inhibit a single shred of distrust within you and once you're in that place then you can't feel jealousy because because you accept that you firstly can't own anyone even in a relationship nothing it's mm. not about ownership so if you accept that premise that you can't own a person then ultimately you can't lose that person so a person is free to do whatever they will whenever they want what however they want to do it so if they choose to cheat on you most of the time it has nothing to do with you it has something to do with them so then if you can completely accept this premise of not being able to own somebody in a relationship then you can't be jealous because you can't fear 
losing them. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, to break it down, I guess it would be two points I would take away from that is one, become self-aware and fall deeply in love with yourself. So essentially become self-reliant, self-aware, self-understanding. Um, that should be goal number one. And you can't do that by flooding yourself constantly with external distractions. So if you're constantly on your phone, if you're constantly listening to music, if you're constantly in a relationship uh, or relationship after relationship after relationship, and you're not taking any time to just sit with yourself, be with yourself, understand yourself, confront the darkness, confront the light, then you're never really going to develop an understanding of who it is you want to be. And then the second one that you put across there was finding the right mentors, right? And that goes hand in hand with removing people who create a negative environment for you. There needs to be some sort of uh, strength and resilience in you to say no to certain people, to end relationships that are damaging you. You need to take accountability for that, right? Because no one's going to come along and say, hey, those three friends that you hang out with all the time and go on benders and you feel absolutely terrible after having really terrible conversations with them aren't going to leave by themselves. You need to tell them to say no, right? That needs to be you that does that. So I think along the lines of having mentors, uh, there needs to be that accountability to also cut certain people out of your life. And that doesn't mean that you need to be an asshole to do it. You know, if you were to turn up to work the next day and talk to two of your male friends and say, hey, you guys make me a worse man, fuck off and leave me alone. (laughs) You don't need to do that. You can simply say, hey, look, um, I need to take some time to figure myself out. And in doing that, uh, I need to spend less time with you guys. Uh, This isn't about you. It's about me. Simple as that. Yeah. And just going back to the first point of you summarizing uh, that where we get to a place where we're self-aware, the best way to do that for me, and I know it is for you as well, Jacques, is meditation, isn't it? And and how do you meditate? Well, you know, that's... um, that's, uh, you simply sit there and do nothing. That is, that's it. That's meditation. And it's okay if your brain ticks away, that's normal. That's going to happen. You know, the rest of your organs in your body are working as well, but you don't notice them because you identify with your brain because of your consciousness. So meditation, Mm -hmm. the first thing. And secondly, the second point about the mentors and sometimes having to, to move away from certain people in your life, Whilst you need to move away from those people, also accept that maybe in the future those people have had a chance to change and welcome them back into your life with open arms if they have and you feel that they vibe, they vibe with who you are and what you, you stand for then. Mm, 100%, I agree. And for people struggling with the concept of meditation, uh, it doesn't need to be like the sit-down cross-leg, you know, classic monk in a Buddhist temple meditation. You could just go for a walk along the Yarra River if you're in Melbourne or wherever you are. Go for a walk in the forest without anyone but yourself. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying go walk off track and get lost. That's a whole other set of problems. Just go for a walk in nature. Even go for a walk around the street without your headphones on, without your phone with you. Just go for a walk and be with your own thoughts and your own mind. And another one I'd add to that is if meditation is something that you're not really ready for and kind of freaks you out a little bit maybe buy a cheap journal and have a conversation with yourself through writing 
Journaling is an incredibly powerful way to connect with the subconscious thoughts that are floating around your head and to better understand yourself. It's essentially like having a conversation with yourself. You're actually figuring out what's inside your head instead of covering it up with uh, other relationships and other conversations and other external stimulus. So, yeah, I agree. And, and so in, in summarizing what we've just talked about, then ultimately the mask of masculinity is is really identifying who you are, what it is that you need in your life, regardless of your external environment, especially if it's negative, embracing the positive environment that's around you and attracting the people that will have a positive influence in your life and defining yourself in that way, not based on labels or gender. Um, be that fluffy marshmallow champ with, with your little dog and, and just be a good human. Ultimately, that's what it is. Um, and don't hide behind a mask. You don't need to hide who you are. Uh, you weren't born hidden and, you know, you don't need to be hidden. So just be proud of who you are and just love yourself and love those around you. 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, we were all born screaming butt naked. So we definitely weren't hidden from the world. <laughs> That's not to say that you walk out of your house right now and scream down the road butt naked and say that thick and jerk told you to do so. <laughs> no, you, Just, you'll get in trouble, especially in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wear your mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if nothing else, at least your mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a good way to kind of define it. Like, don't worry so much about the stereotypical man or the stereotypical woman or the stereotypical gay man or the stereotypical gay woman or whatever it is you stereotypically identify as. Worry about the stereotypical you. Who are you? Yeah. Be that person. Yeah. Stop trying to fit in a certain bracket. You are your own bracket. And if you can't find out who you are, then you need to take that walk without your headphones and just... Take a breath, focus on your breath, look around you and just do that constantly until you start to figure out what it is that you do love and enjoy and what makes you feel good. Mm, 100%, man, 100%. Um, cool, man. Well, we're going to move into the four and one because you and I have been chit-chatting for quite some time now and I don't know about you, mm -hmm. but I'm getting pretty pickish. Mm. Hopefully, hopefully in future podcasts, I'll have a super cute little studio where I can give people food and stuff and they can stick around and chat for four hours like they do on Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we have a little fridge <laughs> cool bro alright so first question for you um, and then you get one question for me at the end first question for you is what do you want to achieve as a lawyer short okay. answer short answer I want to learn as much as I can and just apply that in as best as I can to do as much good as I can in the world awesome that's a good answer uh next one is this is a bit of a crazy one how many square meters of pizza is eaten in australia each year how many square meters of pizza is eaten you heard correctly well, I, i'm only well pizzas come in square boxes they're round and they're cut into triangles that's such a confusing question <laughs> 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 Come on, man. I believe in you. <laughs> I don't know. Square meters of pizza per year. Um, 150,000 square meters. Great answer. I have no idea, actually. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you just asked me that. 
<laughs> oh okay. my gosh. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the next one, the next one, and then I've got one more funny one, and then it's your turn. What is the most important action taken by yourself in the past 12 months? Admitting when I'm wrong. That's a solid answer. And that's happened over and over again. Yeah. Solid answer. Cool. And last one for you, and then you get one for me. Which character from the TV show Suits are you? Are you either Michael Ross, Harvey Specter, or Lewis Litt? Do I have to be a male character? <laughs> oh, there you go. You can, you can be one of the female characters. Um, oh, gosh. I would, I would say I'm, uh, I'm Rachel. I'm Rachel. Which Megan one's Michael. Right? Megan Michael. Is that because she's dating, dating the prince and you want to date the prince? Yeah. Isn't, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it okay for me to want to date the prince? Yeah. <laughs> He's probably the most handsome ginger, fe- ginger fellow I know, actually. <laughs> He's all right, isn't he? <laughs> there you go. Cool, bro. Well, you all get right. one for me. Uh, I want a non-serious one and a serious one. Can, I, can you give me two? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Okay. All right. Um, how do you get so c- your curls so luscious? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so for anyone listening to this and they haven't seen me before, you can go check me out on YouTube, couple of lattes. Uh, but yes, I do have curly hair. Um, look, I spend hours and hours every morning perming my hair. Like I have my own perming machine at home. It's a process, but you know, you, you got to do what you got to do to get the curls because curls, like my mum used to tell me, curls get the girls. <laughs> no, All I right. don't perm my hair. I just have naturally fluffy Afro-like hair. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I thought you were serious for a second. <laughs> I started googling how to perm your hair because I want those luscious curls. <laughs> All right, serious question. Um, what is the number one principle in your life that you live by? Easy. Lead with love. That's it. Because for me, when it comes down to it. Um, regardless of what emotion or feeling or action you take, everything can come down to these two fundamental uh, emotions or forces, which I think guide everything that happens in the universe. And they're called many different things. They're called light and dark energy. They're called um, yin and yang. And for me, it's fear and love, right? So you have these two things that guide your life. It's either coming from a dark place or it's coming from a light place. And I choose to always do the best I can to come from a light loving place. So regardless of what's happening in my life, that's the number one principle that always guides my decisions. If I'm not leading with love, then I'm leading with fear. And that's a frightening place. I've been there before and I don't ever want to go back. I love that, man. That's a great answer. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Cool. Well, uh, that's pretty much it, bro. We've chit chatted for a long, long time. So you kind of know the drill. Anyone who wants to get a hold of you, where can they find you? Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, if it's just for a chat, talk about emotions, or if you want to talk about poetry or cooking or anything, uh, you can find me at Victor underscore Laszlo on Instagram, um, or you can add me on Facebook, Victor Laszlo, L-A-S-Z-L-O. Awesome. Awesome. 
Wicked, and all of that stuff will be in the show notes. Thanks heaps, Vic. I know that was a huge session, but I really enjoyed it. Much love, brother. Well, if you listened to slash watched the entirety of both parts one and two, well done. I know that was an incredibly long podcast, but I think there was a lot of good information in there. Uh, I hope anyone listening got a ton of information out for themselves, for their friends, for their family, or anyone else that they think might uh, might enjoy that kind of information. Um, I hope you got a lot out of it. And feel free to share it. The more you share, uh, the better it is for the people around you, and also the better it is for myself and the growth of this podcast. We've been seeing some incredible growth. So I want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you for listening. And I truly, truly hope that you are finding the solutions to your problems and to the problems of your loved ones. Tune in next week, same times, Monday and Wednesday, Australian Eastern Standard, 7 a.m. Much love.